Well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome right. to Let's Talk Torah. <laughs> good introduction. Yeah, it was. <laughs> did it play on y'all's end? It didn't play on our end. It played. Yeah, I think it went out playing. That's yeah, it's a little laggy. Let me see if I can. Oh, no, some there might be too much technology running. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Fellowship. Shabbat Let's shalom. talk Torah. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> We're glad everybody's here tonight. It's good for us to be back and, and yeah. be with you guys. We haven't been with you guys for a while. Been about a we month have so, missed you. Yes, we are so glad to have you guys back with us. We're not yep. the Lone Rangers tonight. <laughs> well, be, between being sick and having family and the holidays and all that stuff, it's just been crazy. I mean, yeah. So, so we're, we're blessed to be back with you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, we are so glad that we're all here together. It's that's right. Wonderful start of Shabbat. We definitely have missed you guys. And we have so many people here already. We do. Let's say hello to some of our friends. Let's see who all's with us. I know that um I had seen Dan. Hi, Dan. Good yeah. to see you. We're glad you're here. And Judy. Judy. Hi, Judy. James and Thanks. Isabella. Good to see you guys. Betty. Betty. Yay. Wirewall. Yay. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> oh, good to see everyone tonight. Uh -huh. Shabbat shalom to everyone. I don't know if anyone saw it, but that moon tonight is amazing. I'll have to put, I got some pictures right before I ran upstairs to get on here with you guys as I was chasing peanut around the backyard. Um, but that is one amazing moon out there. It is. On, uh, on my way home from work today, it was really low in the sky and full, and there was clouds across the middle of it. It was really cool looking. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I got to I got to watch it my whole ride home. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we were noticing that yesterday. It was probably an hour or two before you know sunset. It really was, and the full moon was just right out there in the sky. That was kind of strange to see, and it looked so yeah. close. You know, it looks yeah. way closer than it normally does. So yeah. it was, I got a, quite a few pictures yesterday in broad daylight, you know, several hours before sunset. And it was just like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, plus those cameras that you guys have on your phones are amazing. Yeah. I think about your cameras all the time. <laughs> I see this cool stuff. I'm like, man, I wish James or Lee was here with their camera. You yeah. Guys amazing cameras. Well, you'll have to look on Telegram in a little bit and see how, I mean, I, I can zoom in to the craters and all of that. I it's know. just yeah. I know, that's my, awesome. my regular 35 millimeter SLR camera with lenses doesn't do anywhere near as good as the, the cell phone. It's just crazy. The um, yeah, it is. <laughs> and for us as a time marker, you know, one of the things that we can tell by looking at the full moon tonight is that we are halfway through the 10th month, right? Because right. everybody, the world is celebrating a new year, 
but our our Hebrew calendar, our mm-hmm. biblical calendar, calendar tells us that we're in the dead of winter, in the middle of the tenth month. <laughs> right, right, which and makes sense. <laughs> no, it's not October. That's right. Shabbat Shalom, yeah. Sherry. She yes. came in and hi, hey, Sherry. Good to see you. Yeah. And we're just glad for everyone that's already here or that is coming in or watches this later. Hi, John. Hey, John. Hey, John. Shabbat shalom, John. So what do you, do you have a song for us tonight? Of course, I always have a song. <laughs> I think we're going to start off with a shofar blast. Oh. I know mine's a little bit smaller, but we'll blow them together and okay. cover the, the corners. There we go. So yeah, Dan's asking what kind of phone we have a, I think it's just a Samsung Galaxy, basically has a virtual telescope on it. Yeah, it really does. It's a really amazing zoom. I know during Suco we were zooming in yeah. on on the beach and really enjoying some of those pictures with the mm-hmm. sunrise and sunset. The most yeah. amazing sunrises and sunsets there, weren't they? Oh my goodness, Absolutely. so beautiful. beautiful. One of the pictures that you guys took of, um, I, th- I guess it was sunset, and it was just incredible because honestly, it looked like the Egyptian eye. And yes. it's amazing oh, how wow. we're going right now, you know, from this last tour portion. And when we get to the next tour portion, we're smack dab dealing with Egypt, yeah. you know, and what all happened there and, and that involvement. Yeah, well, I'm excited. It's been a wonderful journey through Genesis, you know, really <laughs> getting to dig deep. And every year I learn so much more and. Uh, just doing these extra studies on Let's Talk Torah has really expanded my knowledge of each portion. And I'm just so thankful everybody's shared what they have. And uh, it's it's been really enjoyable, this, this cycle so far. It sure has. I love the story of Joseph, Yosef, and, and everywhere we're at right now. Yeah. I'm really kind of sad to be be through with it tonight. That Tonight ends, aren't we done with Genesis tonight? Yeah. 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 Yep, we wrap it up tonight. And I, I do yeah. want to say, I, I want to thank you, James and Lee, for your, your reading every week that you do. Is it on Tuesday that you do your mm-hmm. reading every week? See, yeah. I do a lot of driving, and I get to listen to that. And it, it really helps me a lot also, because I'm not a big reader. So as I'm driving, I put my phone on the Bluetooth, because I have a brand new truck that I drive. And it comes through the Bluetooth, and it's awesome. So I thank you guys for doing that, and I hope, I hope everybody else is really get, uh, getting something out of that, like I am. So I thank you. Well, that makes me that. happy to know we're yeah. riding along with you during your day. <laughs> yeah. I hope we don't crack you up too much with our inability to say Hebrew words well. Our southern <laughs> Hebrew. I think you guys do our southern job. Hebrew. <laughs> Yeah, and just a reminder: all of our shows that we do are on podcast form. So, if you don't want to necessarily watch the video, or you're driving and you can't, uh, or you just want to save some data, you know, it's a great way to still listen to all the various content that we offer on podcast form. So, I'll I'll be sure to advertise some of those links in the yeah. Telegram and 
uh, just send those around. That way, anyone that has forgotten or was unaware that we have that platform as well, yeah, it's a great way to listen to it on audio. We're yeah, all over awesome. the place. Absolutely. And all those links are also at our website, you know, so right down here, mm-hmm. www.heartofthetribeswithans.org. Yes. And our telegram links are there as well. You just, you don't have to ask any of us about anything or ask us to add you. You just click it and go in there yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I've loved it. Our telegram has really, really grown. We've got such a family there, you know, praying for each other, lifting each Mm -hmm. other up, really, you know, working to, to, build the body. It's really grown. I don't know. I think it's like 115 or so the last time I looked at our main group. It is growing. Sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shabbat Shalom, Stephanie. Judy says we froze up. I don't see that we're we're we froze frozen? up here, so I don't know. Yeah, Y'all are frozen to us. So. I think this banner is too much for StreamYard right now, okay. so we'll take that down and see if that helps. Hmm. There we go. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So we want to go into a song. I, I thought that, well, first off, I just noticed it and I thought that was interesting how this is week 12 of the Torah cycle. We're finishing up Genesis with the 12 tribes. I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's pretty cool. 12 weeks, 12 tribes. That's right. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But of course, we know that this week is Vayalek or Vayaki. Vayaki, I believe, is how you pronounce it, uh, which is and he lived, referring to Yaakov, his journey and how he lived and what a journey he had, trials and blessings. But I thought it would be a suiting song to play. Because he lives. I know most everybody's probably familiar with this hymn. Mm. And uh, I found a pretty neat rendition of it. So we'll go ahead and start off with that. Shabbat Shalom, Nina. Welcome. In Asia. I don't know if I said that. I believe in the sun I believe in the risen one I believe I overcome By the power of His blood Amen Amen. I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives. Amen. Amen. Let my song join the one that never ends. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. Every fear is gone I know 
absolutely it makes you tear up it's just absolutely so beautiful they're asking who this is james so it's a group called mass anthem i don't know if they're part of waymaker worship i've never heard of that group before but i'll go ahead and post the link for everybody i know i believe the beginning was more of a new contemporary version and uh, then they ended it with the the classic hymn we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that song too. That was one of my mom's favorite hymns. Yeah, I always remember singing that in church, and it's just one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that was really good. <clears throat> Yeah, that's always been a favorite of mine. I, I relate with John. Sometimes it's just good to to hear one and remember yeah. that, you know, to remember a good old song to that, you know, music, color, sound, these things are almost like touchstones in our memory of yeah. of where Yah was with us at certain times. Nothing it can really sway the soul and um and and I'm like John. Those those good old songs sometimes they just really touch my heart. And it's good you, we forget about them, and then it's good to be reminded. It is sometimes mm-hmm. I yes. just love. I know you love Shane and Shane, but yeah. they've got that old hymns. They've got several compilations, and I just yep. love listening to them. It takes me back to my grandparents' first Presbyterian church when I was little bitty. You know yeah. when they just had the organ and everyone just sang and that was it, you know, and you could hear it echo, you know, through the whole room. Beautiful. You know, one of the things that I do sometimes is those old hymns that are my favorites. I'll go back and I'll, you know, look at it and, and I'll begin to sing them. And, and it's very easy for me to put the name Yahusha in there, you know, and, and I do that and it's still my song. You know, and part of my story. We do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we ready? You ready? Ready as we can be. All right. Well, I'm (laughs) definitely letting you guys go first. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, we know that, you know, the 12 tribes are your specialty. So we're 
we'll uh, let you in with the grand finale. Yeah, that sounds good. Because I was thinking about it. The last time somebody asked me to talk on this tour portion, I spoke for five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. I told her if she did that tonight, she'd be speaking to herself because I'd, be, I'd be in bed. <laughs> Everybody get your popcorn ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told James I definitely was going to probably be more of a bystander because I knew you and him would have so much where I'm like, you know what? I'm perfectly okay just being here and support. <laughs> you know what? I, I did not prepare a whole lot. I just, I took one word that I wanted to look at out of this. Cool. <laughs> and that's what I've looked at. That's amazing. Well, we know how it works, though, Shell, with you and picking one word. <laughs> I, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> Which is awesome. Well, yeah, because we know in the audio, one word is not one word. No. So. That's right. <laughs> That's cool. So what you got? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we talked about this portion, and he lived really sums up you know, Yaakov and his journey and the, the blessings, the trials, the, the sorrow, everything, you know, really a roller coaster of emotions, I'm sure, as many of us have dealt with as well. You know, just a very relatable person, someone that put Yah in everything and gave him the glory through the good and the bad. And so what a great example to have, you know, to end this portion here. And then he really passed that on to you. Know, you can see a lot of similarities between the two, how they both went through some difficult times, went through some good times, but they persevered. And so I had just kind of written here, Yaakov endured until the end and through all the trials, he persevered and was blessed at the end of his life. You know, his whole family was reunited. He was, his Ruach was restored. You know, he was, basically a zombie, I guess in today's terms, you could probably call him that he had mourned for years and probably had no emotions anymore. Just was like, take me now, y'all, you know, I have nothing to live for anymore. And so once his Ruach was restored from finding out Yosef was alive, they were reunited. His whole family came together and, and really was probably stronger than they'd ever been, you know, uh, in times past, they obviously had differences. And so now they were all glad to be together, reunited. And I'm sure that was a wonderful moment for Yaakov to really end his life on that note. Yeah. So I had a couple verses that I thought were fitting. The first one, I'm going to share them in the chat so I can pull it up here. Genesis 28:15. And behold, I am with you and will guard you in all places, whether you go and will bring you again into this land, for I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you of. And so I find it very cool how, you know, we see that once Yaakov passes, that he is brought back into the land to be buried with his fathers, Avraham and Yitzhak and their their wives in the cave. And so, you know, this was a promise from Yah that, you know, I will bring you back to this land one day. And I'm sure at the time he couldn't understand or 
didn't really put it together, but just made sense. Yeah. Yeah. That that's great. That, that goes right along with actually the one word I'm going to share about. <laughs> <laughs> and so then this other verse I've got that kind of goes along with that verse. Share it. It is out of Matthew 28, 20. And it's really the second half of it, but teaching them to guard all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am always with you, yeah. even until the end of the world. Amen. So that's that promise that no matter what we're going through, he's going to be there with us until the end. And I don't know if you can get many better promises than that, you know, from the Father. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. Another cool tidbit I came across, I just thought it was interesting how Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years once he moved there. You know, once he found yeah. out that Yosef was alive and well, had his whole family relocate to Mitzrayim. Well, it was also 17 years old is how old Yosef was when he was sold as a slave. I always love the numbers, you know, trying to see what matches up to this and that, you know, there's probably a lot more you could go into, but I just thought that was a, a neat similarity of number right there. Yeah. Well, we know when you see numbers repeating, it's important. It is. <laughs> it is. Shell was talking about that today with the 40, 40 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah of course you see the forties everywhere. That's what an amazing number. And of course, we know that, you know, obviously they mourned for Yaakov 40 days. Right. Uh, you know, that's a very common, I guess, was a common right. thing back then to mourn the death for 40 days. And I, yeah. reading through the testament of Yaakov, it even mentioned how Pharaoh was one of the last to really stop mourning for the death because he um, thought so highly and Yosef meant so much to him that he was there him. mourning longer than some of Jacob's family was. Yeah. Nina's got a great statement there. I totally agree with that. <laughs> Jacob's tes testimony with his dysfunctional family show us how we can be long suffering and persevere to the end. Yes. Definitely. He yeah. Definitely reading his story and all of the sons and everything. Every, everyone went through makes you feel not so bad about yourself <laughs> absolutely doesn't it <laughs> yeah i mean We're, some of these reality tv shows almost hey, come to right? mind <laughs> yes yes function but yet um, they're obviously yah uses that for good he can always yeah. use it for good yeah yeah it was funny even um i guess it was last tuesday um i did my mercy poured forth about what you were just talking about, James, about, you know, Pharaoh and all of Egypt mourning, you know, and it just looked so weird to the Canaanites, you know, why, mm -hmm. you know, why would they, why would they do that? Like that, a hard hearted thing, you know, instead of understanding that someone could mean that much to you, it looks weird to the world sometimes. Right. Sure. Yeah. It almost, the Egyptians kind of seem like the type that wouldn't, show their emotions necessarily i could be completely wrong but they they seem like that type that would almost cover that up you know not 
grieve and mourn. They're those tough kind of hard hearted type people. I don't know. And so maybe that was why it was so strange to see Pharaoh mourning like that, you know? Yeah. So another interesting thing I thought when I was reading in Genesis 47 verses 29, it says, and the time drew nigh that Yasharel must die. And he called his son Yosef and said unto him, if now I have found grace in your sight, put, I pray you, your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray you, in Mitzrayim. So I just was kind of curious about what's with the whole placing your hand under your thigh, you know. <laughs> and so apparently that was a tradition back then, which is no different than us today putting our hand on the Bible to you know, swear an oath. And so I thought that was interesting. Or like a handshake, maybe. Mm -hmm. Probably even more than a handshake, you know, but. Um, and then yeah. this, this one was really neat in Genesis 48, 14. Let me see if I can get it pulled up here. And Yashrael stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. You know, obviously we see all throughout Genesis, the, the firstborn isn't necessarily always the promised one. Right. And we can see quite a few examples where even Yahweh himself crossed his arms or his hands by giving the blessing to the younger. We yeah. see that with Seth receiving the blessing over Cain. We saw it with Shem receiving the blessing over Japheth. We saw it with Yitzhak over Yishmael. We obviously saw it with Yaakov over Esau. Mm -hmm. We see it with Yahuda and Yosef over Reuben. Yeah. And in this next book, we'll find out that we see Moshe receives it over Aharon. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Even King David received the blessing over many of his other older brothers. So, yeah. Um, you know, and obviously the Ruach was moving through all of that and mm -hmm. was the determining factor in that. It wasn't just because they were favored or any mishap or misunderstanding. It was intentional. And through the Ruach, they were led to bless that correct child. Yeah. Well, it had to happen that way, right, Shell? It had mm -hmm. to happen exactly that way so that we would end up with Messiah coming yeah. from uh, yeah. the tribe of Judah. It had to happen the way it happened. And we never see the whole big picture when life is happening either. You know, sometimes things happen and you're like, I don't understand what that was about. Well, I have a feeling when we get to the end of everything and we get to see the real of what what everything was that was going on that we never saw, it had to happen that way. It just right. had to happen that way. We had to go through all the trauma and all the displacement and and losing ourselves and finding Yah, losing him, finding him. You know, it's it's just all part of it. It had to happen. It, it really is. There's a lot of times that 
you know, I think that I, I just look and I, I believe it's Isaiah 55 where he's talking about, listen, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And, and a lot of things we just chalk up to that. And, you know, Robert and I, our wedding song being God bless the broken road by the rascal flats. That's our song because we both just went through hell, but Yah in his wisdom put the two of us together. And we're thankful for the broken road because had we not traveled that broken road, we would not have found each other. Hallelujah. And we wouldn't all be here today in this gathering, in this fellowship, you know, feeding the sheep and, and speaking his word over the airwaves. Like there's so much that had to happen. And in, that includes the, the really awful times and things that we went through to get here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, Robert, it was on when you told your story on your Saved by Grace series that you, he did a, kind of a whole show. Like if one thing would have changed, you know, the, the difference that just one thing could have made. It was really good. That is. And it's amazing. It's, it's his miracles and everything. People think that a miracle is, you know, oh, you were dead and brought back to life or, you know, some extreme thing. But these miracles are little things that happen all along the way that add up. Each little yeah. thing is a miracle. It just is his hand over and in everything. There's nothing insignificant in it, I don't think, at all. Yeah, I mean, and when we're not seeking him and we're trying to forge our own path, you know, he can't he can't perform those miracles and he can't line those things up as well. Obviously, he still can, but you may have to go down a more difficult road for him to get those things to finally line up in the end. So seeking him and using the discernment he gives us and the wisdom is so crucial in our life. Mm -hmm. I like this comment from Dan. Let's see here. Sorry, I almost picked the wrong one. <laughs> Y'all was lining up his son's ancestry. And that's yeah. exactly my next little point I was going to go into. Yah works through sin and can use evil for good. Because we can see here that Reuven, with his fornication, he defiled his father's bed and right. ultimately lost the birthright. Shimon and Levi with their anger, killed a bunch of men, murdered. murdered them. And so they lost their birthright, which was then passed down to Yehuda, which we know Messiah came directly through that line. That's right. In Genesis 49.10, the scepter shall not depart from Yehuda until Shiloh come, comes, which is a foreshadowing and a descriptive of a tranquil and peaceful Hamashiach. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And then the last thing I had, I was really curious, you know, this cave that Abraham bought, you know, for his family to be buried in. I wanted to find out some history, you know, has it been found? Right. Were they able to find the tombs or the bones? And of course, lo and behold, I find out that, well, there's actually a bunch of complex buildings and shrines that have been built directly over the cave, just like we see many churches and uh, lots of different
buildings have been built over these sacred and mm-hmm. ancestral type places. So who knows if they, what they found, I'm sure they, they have found something and we just won't ever know about it until that time. But uh, I found it interesting that the name of that complex of buildings is called the tomb of the patriarchs. Wow. So yeah, very interesting. There's several Catholic churches on top of many things there um, Mm -hmm. claiming relics and all such Mm -hmm. a matter of things where they don't even allow there to be any uh, excavation or archaeological dig or any kind of research at all. None whatsoever, which is a shame. But the the reason why they do that is because they're trying to keep it. They think it's uh, a portal straight to Yah, and they're trying to keep that to themselves, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do. Trying to hide the truth and keep it to themselves. I agree. How familiar does that sound? Yeah. Right. Well, if only we would know what was in the library of the Vatican, I would imagine there is a lot of information there that would back up scripture. It would back up all the things that people want to dispute. I, I have a feeling they've got proof for a lot of stuff that they don't want out, you know? That, that's right. They can't yeah. let the truth out because no. then they will expose themselves. Yeah, yeah I said it. Right. There you go. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you, Robert. Absolutely. I shared, I don't know if you got to see it, Shell, where they are excavating the pool that Yahusha actually healed the lame man. Is that the, right? The lame guy, the lame yeah. okay. They're excavating that pool right now. For the first time in 2,000 years, there's wow. water back in it. Oh, wow. Wow. The pool yeah. of Salome, isn't it? That's yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which wow. is amazing cool. to me. You know, we've been talking about how this is going to be a year of uncovering of, yes. of revelations. And that literally just popped up in my feed on New Year's Day. And I was like, wow, wow here we go. <laughs> day one of their yeah. Gregorian calendar. Right. Here is the pool of, you know, Salome. Here it is. Yeah. So that's in the first time in 2000 years people are in there and around there and and it just that's amazing to me the time frame the year the the how many years it's been you know it was like just like an omen of what this next year is going to be like Mm -hmm. you know yeah and, and and you know from different voices as i'm listening all over from different words I'm hearing a lot of confirmation with what you had to share, you know, as far as things being revealed that this is the year that, you know, the veil's going to be ripped off and people are going to see things, you know, uh, for what they really are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just going to be, we, we surely need to buckle up buttercup because yeah. <laughs> the, not only is there going to be great, amazing things revealed, but there is going to be a buzzing bee's nest of unhappy Ruach because of what's going to be revealed in the people that are going to be waking up. I think it's going to be a mass awakening. There's not going to be a way to deny things once we get to a certain level of uncovering. There will be no deniability. (laughs) Just like what uh, Nina's saying. Yeah. Exactly what we're talking about. Right here. 
Read it out for us, honey. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And you know what? That should scare the crap out of a lot of people. It really should. <laughs> Leave it to Robert. to uh, let, Let's just be real about it, okay? <laughs> we got to be real about it, right? Well, and I like this other one that she said. Yeah. My friend Amanda today reminded me of our lives are like gears of a clock. We are all rotating and spinning exactly where he wants us. That is that. a beautiful analogy and it's yeah, it exactly is. what's happening and it's his yeah. time that's the thing yeah. people always sure think is. oh i've prayed and i haven't got my answer or this hasn't happened well guess what it's not on our clock it's not yeah. in our time frame it's his time frame which is totally different than ours and, we have to have that is. long suffering you know although i think like i said this year is going to be a little more fast forward <laughs> You know, I was thinking about, you know, what is the damage of being brought up in a society that says, well, you know, there's a Santa Claus that knows when you've been good and knows when you've been bad and he'll reward you accordingly and bring you everything that you want as long as you're just so, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that manipulative thing. And, you know, I know when I examine my faith walk that there was an element of that thinking process in my relationship with Yah that he had to just smash and destroy and let me know, you know what? I am not Santa. <laughs> I'm, this is not how I operate, right? And I do things in my timing and my way and, and that whole thing. My thoughts aren't your thoughts and my ways aren't your ways. And, and you've got to, you know, submit yourself <laughs> and yeah. that's a hard wake up call, isn't it? It was like it a slap in the face for us as we ended up the same day out at the trash uh, at the dump, busting every single one of my Christmas village buildings because I was like, I don't want anybody digging through and taking this stuff into yeah. their house. So literally smashing. I know that man had to think that was over the dump, like, whoa, we got a live one today. <laughs> this crazy woman jumping up on the side of this giant dumpster, just smashing all my Christmas stuff. That's Robert's right. Like, eggnog. <laughs> exactly. I think that was a spring cleaning episode, actually. It really was. It was right after. Yeah, we, right didn't, we didn't even want to have it as the holidays approached. <laughs> mm -hmm. Love you too, Everybody. Sherry. We're glad that you're here. Yeah. Thank um, you so much, everybody. I'll throw a few more comments up here and then we'll continue on. I don't want to leave anybody yeah. unrecognized. John says in Revelations 12, 5, and she brought forth a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto Elohim and to his throne. Amen. Um, Nina's yeah. got one here. Oh, we oh, already we read, read that, that one. one. Sorry. Yeah. See what Dan <laughs> is saying here. We are just slaves to the rabbis without any rights to know anything like the father's name. Yeah. Well, they can't keep it hidden anymore, Dan. The word's out. <laughs> the word is out. And that's why I guarantee you they don't like us too much. Oh, no. No, they would chop our heads off. 
don't tell right y'all says uh we're we're in the family so i actually had someone say that to me in another group a, a year or so ago that 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 that's what would happen because i was saying y'all what that that would cost me my head and i said well eventually it, it probably will do that and it but could. i'm not going to stop proclaiming his name so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't want to use a a fake name so I can be exempt from my sins. Oh my um, gosh. Right. Mm -mm. Got a couple more here. Nina says days will be shortened. So things have to be fast tracked. We are running out of time. Tick tock. Yeah. Joe and we I are. talk about that very thing often about how yeah. things have sped up because of that. It really does yeah, feel like sure time do. is flying by. John's got one. Nina, you are right. Just as the veil of the temple exposed the false teachings of the leaders of the day, things will be revealed in its time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this will be the year for that, too. I do, too. Bring A it. lot are going to be exposed. Yeah. And we just had to pray that people really have those scales removed, yeah. you know, that they see the true light, the truth. You know, not to be led astray because there's all kinds of doctrines like you were talking about this morning. And so, you know, we just want to re rely on scripture and know that we can trust what the word says and speak the truth because truth is light. And in these dark days, that's what people are going to be drawn to is the light. Yeah. Yeah. So did you finish yours? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Lee? The one thing I had, and I meant to jump in there when you were talking about the the double portion or about the blessing of Manasseh and Ephraim, and it was just something I was thinking about today. And a thing, um, you know, we always rewatch older uh, Torah tidbits by Bill Cloud. I really enjoy him, and several others that we look at their older stuff and just glean some from it. And the adoption of Ephraim and Manasseh was not just a mere religious conversion either. It wasn't just about a religious conversion. It is Jacob literally turned these Egyptian children into Israelites. Yeah. And I love that picture because to me, that's a reflection of, of us being adopted in, right? Mm -hmm. And made equal. They were made equal. Yeah. It said, he said they were on par with his 12 other sons mm -hmm. because they were made equal. They were adopted in, they were cut in and, th and that's a reflection of us. And I love mm -hmm. seeing those gems in, in the Torah, yeah. <laughs> the word that is Yahusha, you know, to be able to see our, our makeup, our destiny was written in these words, you yeah. know, and that just absolutely touched me because from this point forward, from that blessing forward, Yosef has, will be represented, represented by Ephraim and Manasseh, mm -hmm. who will become prominent Hebrew tribes in their own right. And I love that. Absolutely love that. And that was my, yeah. that was my part I pulled out, you know, you and I both understand how it is to lose a parent <coughs> and to be adopted. Mm -hmm. And I look at this as 
you know, just just such a an understanding to me that the father is our father uh, yeah. above all. And he he adopted us and he made us his and we don't ever have to feel like we don't fit or belong somewhere because we're his. That's you know, right. 100%. And I love that representation in there. Like it made me tear up listening to that. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we're adopted yeah. and we're the same and we're the equal and they're all on the same playing field. There's no first in line at the foot of the cross. We're all That's right. on level ground, you know, yeah. and I love that. And yeah. that was my chasing a rabbit for a second, but <laughs> it was a good one. Hallelujah. <laughs> And I love this I love comment it. from John. It's perfect with what you just said. You know, they yeah. were not little they kids not. either. They were men and they understood. You know, many of us were not children when we, you know, gave our lives uh, or baptized. You know, we might have been full grown. And so that was a, another kind of a similarity right there. But I also think that Yosef, I'm sure, you know, brought them up. Of, with knowledge of Elohim and teaching him Absolutely. his ways. So uh, I'm sure, you know, they had somewhat both religions, you know, but uh, I'm sure they were very aware of the, the true and one and only Yah. Yeah. Well, and, and when you read the story of Joseph and Yosef uh, and Asenath, it shows you who she was in the the transformation she made in her life and in her belief system to be able to be a correct wife for Yosef, you know? So yeah, I'm sure that, um, you know, they, they were brought up the way that they should be to have that, that same lineage right. and belief system and the, the, the honoring of Yah, because look at how Yosef honored Yah, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, he suffered greatly for his choice to just be faithful. He sure did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go next? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're leaving you to last. We'll <laughs> let you close it out, sweetheart. Well, my, my, the first thing, the rabbit trail I went down is was the hand under the thigh. I went down that same rabbit trail. I find... Found some strange commentary. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to get into that because the rabbis had some strange commentary about it. But what was interesting is that usually you'll find a hundred different opinions about something. I actually found two opinions and only two opinions about what that's supposed to mean. Hmm. But I think what I really noticed about it was if I'm, if I'm correct in speaking that it only mentions that twice in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The first time it mentions it is with Abraham, where he makes a servant, mm -hmm. place his hand underneath his thigh that he won't bring back a Canaanite woman for his son. Mm -hmm. That speaks of life. The second time was what we've read was with uh, Yaakov making Joseph stick his hand underneath his thigh not to be buried in Mitzurim, but in the land with all the family. That speaks of death. The hmm. other, the second thing that's interesting about that is that, and you brought it up, James, and it was really good, that Yah told Yaakov, I'm going to bring you back to this land. 
he knew he was going back to that land. But he made his son promise that he would bring him to that land. And I think, and I'm not exactly too sure what the lesson is there. But he already knew he was going back, but yet he made his son promise to bring him back there. So I'm not too, there's a lesson there somewhere. And I didn't get into studying that, but I know there's a lesson there. But the other thing I that I really was thinking about, and I was talking to Shell about it before the show, was it's really interesting with the blessings. So the blessings of all 12 of his sons were all different. And as you said, James, a couple not so good blessings. And then but most of them were. Mm-hmm. And as John said, there were men, they understood what was going on and they had to accept each blessing. But those blessings stand true today mm-hmm. and will always stand true. The, the tribes will never change their characteristics. They never have and never will. Mm-hmm. So that blessing made the characteristic of the tribe, which will mm-hmm. stand forever. And I find that very interesting. Because all that came from Yah. So we know it can't change. Yah's word doesn't change. That's right. So those blessings can't change either. So I, I just find that pretty cool. You know. And this the other thing I really wanted to tell my story, and I think I've told you my story before about about the word Naphtali that I received. Yeah. I want to share it with people who I don't know if they've heard this or if I've spoken about it. I don't know. I don't know, but can I share it real yeah. quick? Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. I just want to share it real quick because because it's really cool. So I have only heard an audible word one time in my entire life coming from Yah. And I am not the kind of guy who would say something if I thought that it happened or maybe it happened. I know that this happened a hundred percent. And it was one audible word. And when we went camping, it was six or seven years ago. We had our camper and we had a couple with us. And we actually were in Cleveland, Tennessee and camping out because we were attending a conference. Bill Cloud was there. Um, um, who's the rabbi? Jonathan Kahn was there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so Perry Stone. Perry Stone. It was at his place. <clears throat> excuse me still got a cough from four weeks ago and um so one night while we were there and the interesting part about it is at the conference there was no talk of tribes and and with us there was no talk of tribes that weekend that we just weren't discussing the tribes that weekend yeah, and i didn't pro- know a whole lot about the tribes anyway yeah it was a prophetic like conference right right, right. It had nothing to do with the tribes and mm-hmm. and i wasn't that familiar with the tribes back then the names of them or anything. And so one morning, about two o'clock in the morning, Quincy had to go outside. So I took the dog outside. And I remember in the campground, it was two o'clock in the morning. It was foggy. You know how it's kind of like that eerie look, fog all through the campground with the lights shining through. It's just one of those eerie kind of nights. And uh, went back into the camper. Everybody was sleeping. Nobody else was awake. And as soon as I laid back down in that bed, I heard out loud, Naphtali. Well, I kind of looked around. I didn't think too much about it. And I was like, what the heck is that? 
and I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and typically I won't remember this stuff. Typically, I don't pay attention to my dreams or anything. But this was so stuck with me that I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I even spelt it wrong because I didn't know what Naftali was. I, I didn't know. I put it in the pocket of the pickup truck, and I didn't tell anybody about it. I forgot about it. We went on with the conference. We went home. And that week after we got home, <coughs> excuse me, and I was thinking about this today. I was watching Bill Cloud, and Bill Cloud was talking about what we're talking about tonight. And I was watching Bill Cloud. It was like oh, seven what? years ago. And he brought up, he was talking about the blessings, and he brought up Naphtali. And when he said that word, I said, oh, wow, what is that? <laughs> and I ran out to the truck. I got that piece of paper and I showed it to Shell and I started to explain to her what happened to me that night. And it was, it just blew me away. And so the only audible word I've ever heard from Yah was Naftali. That's it. Now, I'd love to think that, okay, he's trying to tell me that I'm part, I am being grafted into the Naftali tribe. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I really don't. I like to think that, and that's what I tell people, that I am of the Naftali tribe. But the reason why I think that's so cool, first of all, I heard an audible word. Second of all, so many people always ask, how do we know what tribe we're going to be part of or, or are part of? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. How do we know that? How can you tell? And that's one of Shell's expertise subjects. She talks about the characteristics, uh, characteristics of people mm-hmm. and how that falls into the blessings that we're giving all the way back then, which still are true today. So all that coming together is just so cool to me when I think about that. Um, so I think I'm part of the Naftali tribe. And if it means something different, I'm hoping I'll find that out someday. That's my story about about that, though. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, because when he told me that, knowing what I know about Naftali and thinking about that, you know, one of the main characters and main stories of the Naftali tribe um, is in Judges, you know, and we get to see a real characteristic of a Naftali man. Number one, he's the leader of an army. He's a warrior, you know, and and. And he works very well with a woman. You know, there, there's a lot of women that are not married to men that can do what what I can do and what you know what you guys are doing, Lee. Because a lot of a lot of men wouldn't want that. Wouldn't want their wives doing that. It would it would bother them, you know, to have a, a wife that speaks out and 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 teaches and, and says things and it would really, you know, be a problem. And, um, but that's one of the things, I mean, uh, when he told me that and I realized what did I know about Naftali? Well, I knew that, that they were described as the deer that's willing to go up to the high places, the place that other people can't go. And I thought about my husband, I went, Oh yeah, he's, he's the kind of man who's going to run to the battle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. What Stephanie's got here too. I have a similar story, except I heard Issachar. I knew nothing about the tribes at the time. I had to listen to some of Shell's teachings and learned about them. Oh, 
I'm that's so awesome. glad, Stephanie. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so when he said that and I thought, well, you know, I thought about the deer right away. Um, I thought about, you know, the story of, of them being able to, to work with women well. And I thought, wow, all of that really, really makes a lot of sense to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I know, I know what a strong man he is. And I know the fact that I am free to do what y'all leads me to do is because I don't intimidate him. <laughs> He's not afraid of me. Right. <laughs> you know? he, he's very sure about who he is, which enables me to be very free to be exactly who I am because it doesn't, it does, he's not afraid of me. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I agree right. though. I think he is Neftali. <laughs> I totally see that. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little bit scared. Oh boy. <laughs> I know my place. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, is it my turn? It is. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have a little, I have something to add to this, to the stream. So I'm going to add it. So the one thing, and this is so, so integral to what my story is and how Heart of the Tribes was born. You know, I had, um, I had been a worship leader in a small church. And then I became the pastor of fine arts in a little bigger church. And I was homeschooling my daughter and we, you know, found out what all the holidays were and everything. I'm trying to lead a play in front of the Christmas singing Christmas tree. And I'm feeling like I'm getting punched on the inside of my body by the Ruach going, I don't know what you want me to do. Y'all. Or God is. <laughs> yeah. And he's punching me on the inside. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> what do you want me to do? So when I finally, you know, try to confront that and I get shown the left foot of fellowship and and take my ordination taken away, and I am no longer a pastor because I won't lead the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> I'm sitting at home alone and I'm studying. I've been to a messianic service. And they had all the lights off, all the electricity off. They wouldn't, you know, they'd even unscrewed the light bulb in the refrigerator. (laughs) They threw a hat on me as soon as I walked in. (laughs) And and they asked me to stay and eat with them afterwards. And the rabbi that's there, um, he says, so why are you here? And I said, well, I said, I believe that we're supposed to be celebrating the Shabbat and the feast. And I'm trying to learn what it's about. I just want to understand. I want to do the right thing, you know, and I don't know how to do the right thing because I've never done any of this. And he's like, okay. And, and so he talked to me for a while and he was very nice and we ate lunch. And at the end of it, you know, basically he told me, well, the way you're going to learn to do this is he said, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. Right. <laughs> and that was what he told me. But he also, he asked me, he said, so are you Jewish? And I said, not that I know of. And he said, well, then you probably don't belong here because this is for Jewish believers and you're not one of us. And I went, wow, I'm not qualified. I'm not, I don't have the right blood. I, I, you know, I want to do what's right, but you're telling me, you know, I can't belong. And so, so I went home and I prayed about it and, and it was interesting because then before I did find a place that I could go to, what Yah showed me 
was exactly what I want to share with you tonight. I was reading and I read this verse out of Genesis 49, 1, and it said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the latter days. And my brain hit that. And I said, what's going to happen to us in the latter days? I had to look it up in the Hebrew. It was the Akarit Hayamim. And it does mean the very end of days, the, mm -hmm. the last time period, right? And I'm like, this is the blessing of the tribes and it's for the end of the days. How in the world? What does that mean? Yeah, I was just like, wow. And that's what began that, you know, that whole journey into the tribes. That was like right in 2003. And I got a download that night. I was told that night that that I belong to the tribe of Zebulun. I did hear that it's when I hear from y'all, I don't I don't know that I've ever heard well I can say one time. There's been one time in my life that I've heard the audible voice like you did at one time. But this wasn't one. Most of the time what I have is an impression and I, I'm hearing something stirring in my spirit. But mm -hmm. I know it's not me. I know I'm I'm hearing from the Ruach. Right. Mm -hmm. But but not an audible voice, except for one time in my life. So anyway, when I looked at this, it, that's what started the whole thing about the tribes for me. And that was around 2003. And just for my story, the next um, Messianic congregation y'all led me to, they spoke Spanish and <coughs> Hebrew. And I didn't know either one. <laughs> but they were certainly and they were kind and the the rabbi that was there i told him i was showing him what y'all was showing me about all the tribes and everything and he helped me as much as he could invited me to come with him to panama i taught it all over panama i had a little in, had an interpreter it was a lot of fun and it was very interesting and, and what a journey it's been as i've That's dug amazing. into the tribes yeah so what hit me tonight though that i wanted to share and i've been thinking about this since sukkot this word gather if y'all remember i brought the little plaque that mm -hmm. said gather this is why because this has been in my spirit since before sukkot that this was like the word for our new season that we're going into okay and it's gather yourselves together and i really started feeling it right as 2020 hit and they kept every the message of the world was separate yourself separate yourself six 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 in between all of you <laughs> right that's what instead of gather yes the opposite and i knew as soon as i heard them saying that i went it's time because the world's gonna say loudly the opposite of what y'all is saying and so I was like, it's time, isn't it? And I, I think that it is. I think that we're starting to experience the gathering together, which is what's going to happen for that greater exodus. I just believe that. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I report, you decide. It's just what I believe. Okay. So I wanted to look at that word. And the word is asaf. It's an olive, asamic and to pay. I did put it over here in the pictograph so we could look at it. So we've got the Aleph, like it's the first, the chief, the number one, the, the one that is in every other number, but no other numbers are in it. So when I think about that, I think who is like no other, the creator, the first power, the first strength, the one and only our heavenly father, 
you know, he is number one. And mm -hmm. so I kind of think of that when I look at this. And then we've got a psalmic, and a psalmic is a strange letter. They've got there's lots of different interpretations about this one. One of the ones that I've seen lately that I I'm like, hmm, I'm really pondering that one is that it can be like a thorn, you know, like a thorn in the side. It's also thought of as a a prop, something that's holding something up, you know, that lots of different meanings there. And then of course we've got the pay, you know, the mouth, what's being the Ruach comes through our mouth, right? It's the breath. The Ruach is breath, right? And so we've got the first strength supporting the mouth, supporting the breath, supporting breath is life. If you're not breathing, you're not living, you know? And so we we see that, that the, the father himself is the support for life going forth, for breath going forth, for his will. He says, my word goes forth, right? Out of his mouth, my word goes forth and it will not return unto me void. So I'm seeing all that as I look in this pictograph. Okay. So then I wanted to look it up. I told y'all I was only doing one word, right? <laughs> So then I wanted to look at it in the Brown Driver Briggs. It is H622, and it is about gathering, receiving, gathering in. It's gathering in, right? Um, an individual into a company of others. It's taking somebody that was all alone and gathering them and putting them in a family, putting them in a place where they belong, you know? Very, very interesting. It's to bring up the rear, those who were were scattered out and, and looked like they'd been forgotten and they were in the rear place, the unimportant place, right? That The back of the bus. That, that's <laughs> the me. back of the bus. <laughs> My window liquor. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's in there, right? All right. So it's bringing up the rear to gather and take away, to remove to assemble and be gathered, to be gathered to one's fathers. Who are we, when we're looking at follow the ancient past, what are, what's that talking about? It's talking about the ways that we were taught, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, right? Mm -hmm. That Those are those ancient, our fathers. Those are our fathers brought into association with others. What a promise. Mm -hmm. okay. So to be taken away, to be removed, you know, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of it. And, and there's a time he's coming to get us out of here, you know, um, right. To take in, receive into, to gather oneself or themselves. And it's a verb. So it's an action word. So I wanted to look a little further. It is a primitive root word. So I looked in the etymology dictionary, biblical Hebrew by Matayahu Clark. I always love it when I can look at the things that the rabbis themselves have said, and you see the truth coming through these things as, as they've done their studies. It, and so in that dictionary, it says this word means to gather, to collect from an inappropriate place. <laughs> that would crack me up. That cracked me up because, you know, if you're thinking about who's going to be a part of the family, you're probably not looking in Burlington, North Carolina. <laughs> right so i just thought wow that's so cool um it, because 
just like that story of them telling me I didn't have the right, right blood. I wasn't the right kind of person. I didn't belong, you know? Yah doesn't agree with that. <laughs> so it's a bringing together, a taking away, a returning to the original place, a renewing, a harvest, right? There's going to be a war and a harvest. There's going to be judgment in harvest. It, it's combined. This time period that we're living in, it's great calamity and great revival and harvest time. You know, it, you know, encouraging those that have gotten downcast and giving them new vision. That is a revival and a harvest is a different event. It's brand new seeing the truth for the first time and coming in. So yeah. all those things are taking place at the same time. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's the bringing together, the taking away, returning to the original renewing harvest it's the rear guard and it's the rabble entering the nation and this is not my words this is straight out of the jewish commentary uh the etymological dictionary of biblical hebrew right so i just found that um the rabble entering the nation isn't that an interesting that is. it is so i wanted to look at a few places where um, this verse is found and see kind of what is the theme of it. So I found it in Psalm 50, starting in verse one, it says that this is a Psalm of Asaph, and it says the mighty Elohim, even Yahweh hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. Elohim hath shined. Our Elohim shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather, here's the word, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Wow. All right now. Yeah. So what is it when we fast, we pray, we we uh, sacrifice time with our family because we don't want to assign our name to pagan things. Right. It's right. a sacrifice. Right. That it, That's what it is. Those who are making those choices, he's going to gather us together in the midst of the tempestuousness of what's going on. I see that in this Psalm 50. There's another example in Isaiah 11, starting in verse 12. It says, and he shall set up an ensign. That's like a banner, a flag, a sign, right? For the nations and shall assemble. This is the same word. Shall assemble is the same word, asaf, okay? Shall assemble who? The outcast of Yasharel and gather together the dispersed of Yehuda from the four corners of the earth, right? Where they've been dispersed. The envy also of Ephraim, the northern kingdom, who were scattered so far into the nations that they don't even understand who they are anymore, yeah. right? The envy also of Ephraim shall depart and the adversaries of Yehuda shall be cut off. Okay. So we're talking about right now, we're looking in the Middle East at a war setting up and the scriptures say 
that every nation will abandon their alliances, right? Every single one's going to turn away from them. They're going to be left all alone, right? So to me, I keep looking at this, looking at that, that event, looking at what the mindsets are and what is it going to take? that the envy of a frime departs and, and you stop see it, having everybody that you know who finds out that Taurus true say, I just had my DNA not, uh, done and guess what? I'm Jewish. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you hear that, right? Yeah. We don't have to be that, right? There are 12 full tribes, right? So what's it going to take though? Because what does that... It, it, the the people feel like unless they can prove that that they're not really a part of right that's envy okay that's wanting something that's not true it's wanting something that y'all didn't give you because you don't understand what he did give you is perfect for you and special and right where you belong right where the the valley of dry bones as it comes together where it's going to fit and feel like the perfect fit right? You're, the first time it's going to feel like I'm finally home with the people that I'm supposed to be with, you know? So the envy also of Ephraim shall depart and the adversaries of Yehuda shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Yehuda and Yehuda shall not vex Ephraim. Because what is that is a vexing. You don't have the right blood. You don't belong. Get out of here. You know, that's what, that's what's happening, right? Yeah. But they, they together, right? Shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the West. They shall spoil them of the East together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And Yahweh shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river and shall smite it in seven streams and make men go over dry shod. This is what I'm looking for, for that greater exodus. You know, he split the Red Sea in the first one. This time he's saying, I'm splitting seven seas. Wow. Right? This is what we can see as we come in from out of the nations seven mm -hmm. times, right? The per seven, it's a perfect number. It it's, it's the number of perfection, the number, the perfect number of what it takes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So then I found another one in Numbers 12, 15. It says, and Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. It's all about being brought in to the fold. Okay. That's what harvest is, right? That's what renewal is. That's what being on the narrow path is. We're, we're brought into the fold. That's what the sign of Shabbat is the mark, right? Of Shabbat, mm -hmm. where, where the angels are told, hold back the four winds and don't let this until all of my servants have been sealed with the sign on their foreheads, right? Having the sign of Yah. Here's another one, Exodus 34, 22, and thou shall observe the feast of weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. So what's it talking about? Shavuot and Sukkot, Sukkot. right here, mm -hmm. right? It, that is the feast of ingathering. That's what this, it's the same word. The feast of, uh, of Safat, is that how I said it right? 
I've lost my word. Asaf. Yeah, Asaf. Uh -huh. Asaf, yeah. Mm -hmm. Numbers 11, 4. And the mixed multitude. So this is also a name, the same word, describes who the mixed multitude are. Same word. The mixed multitude that was among them wow. fell a lusting and the children of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? But this is who this is talking about. It's the same people. I did find one connection in the Greek that I thought was very interesting. And it's El Sago, G1521. It means to bring in, right? And it's in Luke, Luke 14, starting in verse 16. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all the things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make an excuse. Hmm. They first said unto him, oh, I've bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. Right. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I've married a woman and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Adonai these things. Then the Adonai of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes, right? The highways and the byways of the city and bring in. It's the same word if we were looking at this in a hebrew it would be the same word bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the those that are halting and those that are blind and the servant said adonai it is done as you have commanded and yet there is room and the adonai said unto the servant go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled for I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Wow. So that was my one word I wanted to share. <laughs> that was amazing. I have lots of notes to go over. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. I, me and Lee were fortunate enough to go visit Jacob's tent on Shabbat, last Shabbat. And I know you guys are going to be joining us soon in a few weeks. So we're excited for that. But yeah. two weeks, two course, weeks, two weeks. Bill Cloud was discussing, breaking down some of the Hebrew letters and the, the numerical value that they have. Yeah. And I know the, the word Ahad has been on a lot of people's mind lately. Everybody's been touching on that here and there. We've heard it quite a bit. And I hope I can get this right how he said it. But basically, the, the, I, believe it was three letters that break down the word echad. Of course, the first is the Aleph, which uh -huh. has a numer numeric value of one. Mm -hmm. Well, the other two letters have a numerical value of 12. So yes. it was almost like Yah and the 12 tribes come together as echad, as one. And so mm -hmm. that really blew our minds. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a het, which has a value of eight and a dalit, which has a value of four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so, so cool. that het is that wall that separating, you know, you're separating yourself unto the father. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the Dalit is a picture of the doorway. So you're walking in. So that full picture, the pictograph for the, for the word at Cod is the father separates so that we can find the door. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's to be a cod. That's amazing. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Very- I love the comment Sherry had from earlier when you were talking about not belonging at the Messianic Fellowship, you know, God right. didn't want you there and he placed yeah. you right where you are. And we feel that way about all of you. You know, mm-hmm. we are so thankful that everybody has come to this fellowship and we want you to know that you are welcome. You belong. Everyone belongs. Mm-hmm. And we're just so thankful that we're growing. We hope that you and continue to invite others that would benefit from this group and just lifting up each other and the positive reinforcement that we all bring is really amazing and very needed, especially in this new, this, this year that is upon us of the uncovering. We're really going to need that. Yeah. I love Nina's comment here. And, and, you know, she's saying, I am seeing those others who are Torah pursuant and or sacred namer communities. Hearts are softening. People are coming together in unity. I see this within different groups starting to happen. And, and I think it's inevitable that it happens, Nina, you know, it's, it's, it's as the pressure increases and, you know, difficult times have a way of, of us reevaluating what's most important. There's a, there's a concept called the weightier matters of Torah. Right. And I think that unity and being a cod and, and knowing how to love one another, our neighbor as ourselves, and just breaking it down to exactly what Yahushua told us to do, loving him with all our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, everything within us, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, that that becomes a bigger focus than some of these side issues that really when you weigh everything out, don't, shouldn't have that much weight, shouldn't have more weight than showing love to your brother or sister. Right. Because those other things are not salvation issues. Right. You know, and, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, there's not a, but, or if, or exception there, you know, (laughs) Uh, people tend to put that in there, but they're not a nice person, but they're not nice to me, but you know, and, but there's not a, but right. It's not, but no ifs, no buts, no coconuts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite verses that Judy's sharing, Psalms 131 or 33. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, of course, it is very pleasant to be around brothers and sisters when we're in unity, agreeing. Yes. But we have to think how much more pleasant it is for Yah, you know, to <laughs> hear that, to see it, for his children to be in unity. And so such an amazing verse. It makes a harmonious sound to him. I believe it. Mm -hmm. I believe even just us together, talking, chattering, sharing, that's Mm -hmm. a harmonious sound to him because his children are in unity together. You know, they're enjoying each other. They're talking about him and praising him. And you know how we do when we're together, uh, when we've been at different feasts together, you know, camping together and whatnot. It's just taking the time to just exalt him through our stories and our life and our life experiences. To yeah. him, I think it's a symphony. You know, yeah. I think it's such a beautiful sound to him. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I love that we're all here, that he's gathering us all here. And I know that he's He's bringing exactly who he who he needs to be here. And 
And I'm thanking him every day for that. Whatever that looks like, we're in it for what his will is. Yeah. And you've been working on something really special, too, that might even go along in that area, Lee, is uh, Testimony Tuesdays, I think you've, you've called we it. We right? are. We are. I've got a couple of people already I've got to reach out to to see when they're ready to record. But I would love uh, to put that out there. Anyone that would like to tell their testimony, I think it's really important right now in this this time that we're in to be able to come on. It would just be recorded. It's not going to be in front of a live audience. So you don't feel as intimidated. It can be as long or as short as you need it to be. But we have to, you know, realize this is what we're being called to do right now is to let others find him through our broken path that led to him, you know, I love those stories. Those are the most beautiful stories. And and they're the ones that we know his hand has been all through those stories, you know. Well, and if we're not willing to share our testimony, then we're not allowing Yah's glory to be seen. To shine. That's right. He, he saved us for a reason. And we have a story. And, you know, if you're interested, you can reach me through the Telegram group. Uh, put up the put the website up one more time. All of our emails are also in on our website. You can get to all of our contact information there. You can send me a side message on Telegram. There's lots of ways to reach me, but pray about it. And I really hope that we get uh, a lot of people that are willing to, you know, make themselves vulnerable. It's a vulnerable thing to tell your story, to let yourself, you know, show those raw emotions. But that's why we went through what we went through to get there. You know, Um, it's for his glory and for his will that our story is what it is. It's just part of the fabric of what makes us us. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not part of our Telegram group, I just shared the link. We would love to have you join. Share that out for others to join. It's free of charge. (laughs) Did you have something you wanted to add? No. Okay. All right. Well, this has been a good fellowship. I've enjoyed it. Wonderful Shabbat start. Start to Shabbat. And I think that we're going to end it and go have our dinner. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. Yes. Too. Well, much love to everyone. Thank you for yes. being here. And Shabbat Shalom to everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.